0: It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 56.
1: On today's episode, we're talking about a man who breaks Canada's quarantine act and the badass biker who took on Columbia's gorillas. Grab your leather jacket and let's ride. And then the train got lost.
0: How does the train get lost when it's on rail? I just
1: want to get out there in the
0: wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent.
0: Ahoy! Ahoy. Hello Voyagers episode 56. Welcome back to the Not So Bon Voyage podcast.
1: And if you can't tell we are absolutely buzzing with excitement right now because we have just fresh off the press recorded a brand new bonus episode for our Patreon account that is now live.
0: And it is an awesome, crazy-ass travel story that we have told today on that special bonus episode. So what is Patreon, Jules? Well, Patreon is something that we
1: started a few months ago and we talked to you about it. You might be familiar with it. We have a couple of patrons, but we haven't harped on too much about it. It is a platform where you can come and support podcasts and creators and YouTubers and all types of different people. But we also are there as podcasters, as you know, and that is where you can go to get extra special bonus episodes and other bonus material and just all round be a patron of the show and help support. Keep the Not So Bon Voyage journey going
0: this is the next level of being a voyager if you want to take it to the next step with us in this relationship that we have built together then you need to go to patreon and find not so bon voyage
1: yes we've been together for almost a year now it's about time we start getting serious and start talking about how you guys can start paying for some things every now and then yeah no we're kidding (laughs) the not so bon voyage podcast is always going to be free but as a very special bonus for those of you that do want to help support the podcast, we do have the Patreon site. It is patreon.com slash notsobonvoyage. We have links in the show notes. We will talk about it again at the end of the show. But it is a way that you can help our podcast. And we don't just want to ask you for money and say, hey, give us money. Because I mean, you know-
0: we, if you do want to do that, uh, my PayPal is christinewilliams87 at gmail.com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you do want a little extra for supporting the show, that is the opportunity for you to get that. We're giving bonus episodes. We're giving behind the scenes look. We're doing some Q&As. We're doing lots of fun stuff. And we already have three episodes up there right now.
0: Yes, so if you want more Not So Bon Voyage, you want more stories, head on over to the Patreon, and you're going to get the episodes that are only for the patrons' ears.
1: Yes, and we're going to I'm going to wrap this up very quickly because we've gotten in the news today, we've got a Voyager submission, and we've got a story. We've got such a jam-packed full episode, but if you do head to Patreon, you'll find three episodes there now. We talk about our, one of our wildest crazy travel adventures in Colombia. We talk about somebody who was stranded at sea for over 400 days. And we just talked about an Aussie who was lost in the outback for over 70 days. Mm, and Insane. that story is
0: very controversial, so it has some mystery and intrigue.
1: Which Christine loves. I love that. And now on to the main part of the show. Okay, thanks for bearing with us for that. We just had to get that off our chest. <laughs> I haven't in the news.
0: Yay! I
1: did not call it a name. I just realised now I am doing a Christine. <gasps> oh
0: my god! You're pulling a me. I
1: am pulling Christine. Uh, I will just think of it. It's called Nup. Nah. Don't know. I've got nothing. Maybe you can tell me your name afterwards, Christine.
0: Yeah. Also, you're nude and you're telling it in the news. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, it's nude news, baby. <laughs> nude
0: news day. Yeah. Just yeah. kidding. He's not nude. Well, maybe but we maybe should do a nude is. show. <laughs> maybe I am. You'll never know. You would never know. Can you hear it? No? Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a US man who is in hot water. Maybe I should have said <laughs> hot man. Is he
0: in a water? I don't know. I felt is I- he in a bath?
1: I wrote these notes like I was a news presenter. A US man is in hot water.
0: I love it. Can you tell the news like Walter Cronkite?
1: I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, you
0: need a mustache.
1: Okay, so he's in trouble after breaking Canada's quarantine act <gasps> after ignoring Canadian restrictions on travel.
0: Oh, naughty, naughty. Naughty,
1: naughty. Okay, so have you heard of the Alaska loophole?
0: Yes. Oh, wait. Uh, I feel like I have, actually.
1: Okay, so the Alaska loophole. So here's the story. Alaska is currently open. Mm. for travel, okay? And as a U.S. citizen slash resident, you're allowed to travel there. Yes. Uh, there's only a few ways you can get in there, naturally. You can uh, take a ship in there, I guess, if you want to, but no ships are running right now.
0: You can ride a whale.
1: You can ride a whale. <laughs> if That's you're not, friends
0: with them, you need consent.
1: You need consent. It's not very ethical. Yeah. You can fly in, obviously. And it is unfortunately landlocked in the sense that Canada it doesn't share a border with the US, so you can drive in. Mm-hmm. But here is the dilemma. Canada currently has its borders closed mm. to all US travel.
0: Okay. except
1: if you're going onwards to Alaska. Oh. So this is what people have classified as the Alaska loophole. I don't know if that's like an official name, mm. uh, but that's what they're calling it, the Alaska loophole. Mm, I have heard so of this. as a US citizen or resident, you have permission to enter if you Canada if you're driving directly to Alaska. So you have to make yourself identifiable by hanging some kind of special tag in the rear of your car that says that you're from. I guess it means shows people that you were coming from the US, and it also shows the date that you have to leave by. So I guess they say like, if you enter at this point, you have two days to get up there.
0: Oh, Okay. Could you just take that thing off your dash?
1: Well, you have you would have a US number plate on your car as well. Mm, true. True. So if somebody sees a US number plate. In Canada, they can report you. But if you have this tag, it's like, oh, okay, this person's driving through. Mm. So I guess it's one of those little things where they're like, hey, you can come to Alaska, but you're like, you got to go there. Canada. you got to have actually, mm. what? You can
0: come to Alaska. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, like
1: you can, you can drive. You can drive to Alaska, but you've got to actually just get through there. Gotcha. Okay. So, but people wanting to experience Canada are kind of finding this Alaska loophole and exploiting the system. And I guess they're saying they're heading to Alaska, but they're actually enjoying Canada along the way.
0: That's so whack.
1: One man is John Pennington <gasps> from Kentucky, oh, man. Oh,
0: John Pennington.
1: And he is being caught way off course Uh-oh. staying at a luxurious resort in Banff National Park inside oh. the park Uh-oh. when he shouldn't have been there.
0: Oh, John, John, John.
1: Yes. So when he arrived at the hotel, uh, I guess the staff reported him and were, oh. to the police. because people. So people have been doing that. Wow. I've, I've read that people are reporting uh, US number plates because they don't want people coming up into Canada and bring in coronavirus because, you know, the U.S. kind of hasn't got a handle on it.
0: We're number one. We're yeah. number one.
1: <laughs> so the hotel staff reported him to police, and I guess the police showed up and they questioned him and they said, hey, you're not staying in a hotel that you're supposed to be staying in. So I don't know if there's specific hotels along the way that you're supposed to be pit stopping at, but I guess that they figured wherever his entry point was, Banff National Park was not on the way, especially this high-end luxury resort. Mm-hmm. So they said, hey... Here's a $900 ticket, and they Oof. ordered him to stay in his room until he had to leave the next day. Wow. On his way out of Banff, though, he decided to stop at a popular tourist spot called oh. Sulphur Mountain.
0: Come on, Instead John. of going
1: directly to his next stop. Oh, so boy. I don't know if they said go home or you have to follow this route and you actually have to go to Alaska, but he didn't do it. Oh,
0: man, he's really playing with fire. Oh,
1: yeah. He told the police that he was just out looking for food,
0: what, like like uh, harvest, not harvesting, like... Uh, foraging. Foraging, he's a foraging <laughs> no, for No, I think he said
1: he was out like he was just trying to find some food and then he was going to go on his merry way.
0: Um, Tim Hortons, have you ever heard of it? Just stop by there. They have drive through they have delicious donuts.
1: Also, he stayed at a luxury hotel and they had several restaurants there and they also had a to-go cafe.
0: Was it the Fairmont?
1: No, it wasn't. It was some other one. Mm. Uh, so then they found him again. And they ended up arresting him,
0: and now he faces
1: the Canadian courts in November as the first American to be charged under the Quarantine Act.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. QA.
1: And his potential punishment.
0: His potential punishment is what?
1: Up to five hundred thousand dollar fine or six months in jail.
0: (gasps) Whoa. Um, How's he? Well, up to up to. He probably won't get that. But half a mil. Whoa. Or six
1: months in jail.
0: Yikes. That's a hefty fine. Yes. And they
1: obviously always say And like, people
0: say Canada's expensive, but that's pretty darn mm, expensive.
1: People say Canadians are nice, but they ain't so nice <laughs> right now. So, uh does the punishment, potential punishment fit the crime? And we'll we'll, we'll make sure we keep an update on what's happening to John Pennington.
0: Um I would say yes it does because bringing a potential COVID case to Canada Say that three times fast <laughs> is a very bad. You should not do that. Don't yes. just everybody just stay home right now. Don't get mixed up in this business. Yes,
1: I feel like if you are deliberately uh, flaunting the rules.
0: Twice. 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 That was the big F you. Canadians, fool me once, but don't fool me twice. Well, fool
1: me once, $900 fine. Fool me twice, $500,000 fine or six months in jail. Exactly. So you can go and suck it, John.
0: Exactly. Wow, (laughs) that's a really large fine.
1: So that is quite the not-so-bon voyage in the news. That was actually a great story because there's – Usually there's not much going on in the news at the moment. So I was pretty stoked to find that. I was like, a, a U.S. man faces up to six months in jail for his trip to Canada? Oh, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, especially because there have been no in-the-news stories about travel. So that was a, that's a good story. I have a question. When you get, when it says, because oftentimes it's like this fine or this time in jail, do you get to choose or does the court choose for you? I
1: wonder the same thing. And I feel like what that means is they, okay, now we're obviously guys, you know that we're not a judicial system podcast. Uh, But if I may just, I've dabbled over the years. I think what, (laughs) I think they equate a day rate to a fine. So like, a uh, one day in jail is worth two thousand dollars or something like that. Okay. So if you get a fine and you can't pay it, your option is uh, to go to jail. Although I could also be wrong because, as I said, I only dabble. I do not. I'm not an expert.
0: Okay. Second question.
1: Yes. If Hit you me. had
0: to choose, what would you choose? Six months in jail or half a million dollars?
1: Oh uh, well, I mean that would depend. Did I have five hundred thousand
0: dollars to spend?
1: And would the six months make me look like a criminal on my record?
0: Oh, I mean, you are as you are now. You are who you are.
1: I mean, I'd probably take six months in jail. I don't have $500,000, so...
0: You'd have to get it from like one of those bail bond loan shark things. Do you
1: mean if I had the option, if somebody said to me, hey, I can give you $500,000 right now mm-hmm. um, to pay for the bill, or you can do six months in jail and you get to keep the $500,000?
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of like what it is. So, but no, I just mean like now, if you didn't have that money and you had to eventually pay it back to the loan people, or would you just do it so you didn't know? like do six months in jail so you didn't have to even worry about the fine.
1: Honestly, I feel like I'm almost in jail anyway at the moment because during lockdown you can't do anything. We've got fires in California so we can't even go outside because the air quality is so bad. I know I'm complaining, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying it feels like I've been in jail anyway. So if I was going to a minimum security jail and it wasn't going to one of those hardcore ones where, you know, don't drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I would honestly just take, like, I would go to some kind of labor camp for the next six months rather mm. than pay five hundred thousand dollars in debt.
0: Okay, good. Just because I'm like,
1: yeah, it'd be a cool story as well. And a I cool be, story
0: that you went to jail.
1: Well, I wouldn't be broke.
0: That's true. That it, it, that's a lot of money. It's mm. Like a student loan. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the rest.
1: <laughs> okay, moving on to a Voyager submission. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. This one has a title. It's called "In the Face." Mm.
0: As in tased in the face, like The Hangover.
1: Yes, that's exactly how – that was the reference I was going for. I'm glad got you it. got it. I picked it up. Okay, thank you. So this is a Voyager submission from Paula Stanton of Wisconsin.
0: Hmm, Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. By, cheese. She, cheese, yes. So along with her partner, Scott, they make up the team behind the travel blog, A Couple Days Travel.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yes. August. And then the reason I, I wanted to make sure that I knew they were from the U.S. because we, we have a sketchy track record of assuming people are from countries – um, and being and, wrong. And being wrong. So that's why I said they're from Wisconsin, because Good I looked know. it up. Okay. At the time of the story, she says, Paula says that she'd been living in the Caribbean.
0: <gasps> Jelly.
1: Yes. She doesn't, so she doesn't want to name the specific country. So I'll just say that it's one of the many countries. Yeah, okay, that's of,
0: very diplomatic.
1: It's very diplomatic. Yes. Yeah. So I guess obviously it's a not so bon voyage. So she doesn't want to dob the country in. Fair enough. So she just says it was an unnamed country. Okay. But she, yeah. So there's a lot to choose from. It could be anyone. Okay. I do have a suspicion, though, so I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. So she's out there with some other Americans on some kind of work-study program, living, living the dream, no doubt, mm. living it up, Caribbean Island, having fun. Don't know if there's a lot of like work-hard, play-hard thing going on, but they like to go out and about.
0: Okay. And every night
1: the group enjoyed heading out to listen to live music performances. Fun. She says that the country was leading up to its largest outdoor music festival, Ooh. so every night there was something going on.
0: Ooh, that sounds fun. Makes me think
1: it's like Jamaica.
0: Okay, why? I don't
1: know. Just Hmm. like a reggae festival or something.
0: Okay, okay.
1: I went and looked at a lot of... I actually tried to find out what country this was, and I googled top Caribbean outdoor music festivals, Mm -hmm. and I found the list, and half of the list was from Central America. It was Costa Rica and Guatemala. Huh. So I don't know why they would be classified as the Caribbean.
0: I mean, technically, they're on the Caribbean on one side, but... I wouldn't really say they're in the Caribbean. No,
1: I would say that, otherwise, I would say Costa Rica is probably where she went mm. because Americans, they love Costa Rica.
0: Okay, yes, true, true. Okay.
1: But anyway, could be a number of places. Mm. So on one occasion, they decide to head out to the beach to listen to some live music.
0: Fine. So everybody's
1: listening to tunes and they're dancing away. And then uh, suddenly, someone shows up to the beach and started spraying mace uh, into the crowd.
0: What?
1: Pepper spray, if you're not familiar.
0: I'm familiar. <laughs> yes. So, Whoa, okay.
1: Yes. Plot so, twist. Plot twist. So Paula says that she didn't get hit too bad, but other people in the group literally got it in the face. Yikes. And everyone was pretty much in shock and didn't really know what to do, as you wouldn't really know what to do because you were – One minute, you're just out there dancing around, having fun. And the next minute, someone just sprays you in the face with mace.
0: (laughs) Okay, that sounds fun.
1: Yeah. So they started pouring water over their faces, not realizing that all that really does is help the the pepper spray run into your face and into your mouth and your nose and all that sort of stuff. So if you're sprayed, I guess if you're sprayed, you know, in the face and you start splashing water on your face, it's going to drip down from your hair. It's going to run. It's going to run into your mouth, your nose.
0: I feel like you're supposed to throw milk on your face.
1: Yeah. No, no. You're supposed to just put your face into her cow's udder.
0: <laughs> and
1: go straight to the source. <laughs> Just
0: motorboat the <laughs> <udder>. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: She said that somebody in the group identified who it was that sprayed them, so they went to the police the next day to report the person, and they that person actually had to identify them.
0: Whoa. Yes. Like a lineup? Like an identify, yeah. identification parade? I guess so. <laughs> wow. Did they figure out why they got hit?
1: She says that there was a couple of suspicions. They said that... Um, one may have been race-related. It might have been the fact that they were American. Oh,
0: okay. One might
1: have been the fact that there was a man dancing with a woman, so it could have been a like a jealousy thing. Oh. I'm not, she wasn't really exactly sure. There was nothing that really ever came out of it. Okay. But basically, so they were
0: targeted, basically. It sounds
1: like they were targeted. Mm. Yes.
0: Crazy. Uh,
1: it was also at that point when they went to the police station that they learned that the beach they were on probably was in one of the rougher areas of town. Mm,
0: okay. And that might
1: not have been a great idea in the first place to be there late at night anyway. Hmm. And wow. yes, so, so Paula does say that she learned a couple of lessons from this story. She says she learned how to effectively uh, handle being sprayed in the face with mace. That's
0: good to know. Don't, I feel like that's a good general yeah, life. Don't lesson. pour water
1: over it. Now you guys know as well.
0: Now we all know. We're yes. in this together.
1: And she also said it's probably, uh, she learned that it's probably not a great idea to get super drunk in a foreign country when you are, uh, I guess, not as familiar with the, the customs and the laws mm. and the happenings. True. Which I feel like has been a common theme on Not So Bon Voyage about people sort of reiterating the fact that, you know, to keep yourself sharp in your travel experiences in case something goes wrong, whether you're drunk or not, you want to be like a clear mind. Keep your wits about you. Keep your wits about you. So, yes, that was, her, that was her two travel takeaways was, one, learning how to, be, how to deal with being sprayed with mace mm. and don't get so drunk. And she also, she did wrap up the story by saying that she still loves this country. But she, and won't, would, tell but she won't tell us what it is. She won't tell us what it is. And she would happily go back there in the future, which I feel like is why she should probably have just told us what country it was. Because every, I could understand you don't want to stigmatize a country with so, one act. So I totally get that. But also things happen everywhere around the world. Didn't you get sprayed in San Francisco?
0: Yes, I was going to say, I have to tell my pepper spray story now, obviously. Yes. Yeah, so uh, coming back from a music festival called Outside Lands, uh, my friends, my two friends, and I shout out to Corey and Lauren. We were on the bus in San Francisco minding our own damn business on the Muni, and some guy sprays pepper spray into the bus. It wasn't directed at anybody, but it was just like tss, like in the bus. And nobody, well, my friend Corey saw it, but we all started coughing because there was pepper spray in this enclosed space. And, As you would
1: naturally do. Yes,
0: and the bus driver pulled over, the police came, and Corey was able to identify the guy who did it. And yeah, and then we all had to get off the bus, and then I asked the police if they were going to test the substance that was (laughs) sprayed in case it was some sort of chemical warfare situation, and And they they laughed in my face. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha. Thank you, SFPD. What did you think it was, anthrax? I have no idea. These are crazy times. This was a few years ago now, but I mean, who knows? It could have been anything. And they thought it was hilarious. And they said, This is not TV, (laughs) ma'am. Did they actually say this is not TV? I feel like they did say that, but I could be making that up. But they judged me, and it's fine, I survived. You're a survivor. I'm a survivor. <laughs> my pepper spray survivor. That's my pepper spray story. And so it can happen to anybody, anywhere.
1: That's it. And so we just want to say thank you to Paula from A Couple Days Travel for sending in her story. her uh, voyage submission. Remember that if you want to be part of the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, you can go to notsobonvoyage.com slash submit, fill in a very simple form, and have the chance to be broadcast live on the podcast.
0: Thank you, Paula. Okay, I have a really good story today. This is kind of one of those old school stories we used to do that's like kind of on the longer side and it's about, well, you'll find out. I I titled it Columbia. Columbia. Because you know I'm great with titles.
1: Let me guess, it takes place in Columbia.
0: No, why would you think that? It takes place in Thailand. Weird. No, just kidding. Okay, so this is about, this is the story of Glenn Hegstad. Glenn is an older guy. He's in his 50s. He is a judo master from Palm Springs. He's like high level judo shit, right? Okay. He's also a former Hell's Angel.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: if you don't know what that is, that is a motorcycle gang club. It's a club. I don't want to miss, you know, name them. A a club. They're kind of like hardcore. I feel like they're quite a little controversial. But anyway... Well, they're,
1: they're, and they're the outlaws. They're, they're outlaws. Oh, they're the they are 1%. outlaws. Oh, yeah. they are. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, I don't know. I they're don't involved know, in... Yeah. They're involved in crime. But they ride motorcycles.
1: Yes. And they're a so, brotherhood.
0: They're a brotherhood, but they also do some crime. But maybe not <laughs> all of them. Some of them probably just love the ride. They just want friends. They just want to ride around. They get stuck doing, like, robberies and shit. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> he was a house. Come angel. for the friends.
1: Stay for the robberies. <laughs> yeah,
0: Exactly. <laughs> So, in 2001, he's just retired from competing at the top level in martial of, arts.
1: Of gangs. Oh, no. <laughs> of
0: robberies. No. Okay. Martial arts. And he's looking for a new thrill. The
1: guy sounds like a badass straight off the bat. He's
0: a badass. He, he's he, part of the
1: Hells Angels, and he's a judo champion, and he's like, I need another thrill in my life. Okay
0: just you wait Henry Higgins because this is going to get crazy also he has other crazy stories so this is only one of his crazy ass stories there I'll probably tell more on the podcast at some point we should probably get him on the show actually I don't he was on so I got this story from the show I Survived which is on the Lifetime channel okay Warning, if you do watch this episode, they tell two stories, and the other story they tell on this episode is very, very graphic and intense, so maybe just skip to his parts. Okay. Anyway, so it's 2001, he's retired, he's looking for his next thrill, so he plans a solo motorcycle trip from California down to the tip of South America and back. Okay. The southern tip, not the northern tip, just the tip. So he's planning this 20,000-mile motorcycle trip. Whoa, right? that's a long trip. Right? California to the South America. It's a
1: very long trip. I'd love to do that trip one day.
0: Yeah, and he's doing it by himself, which is very intense.
1: Very intense.
0: So he begins his expedition in October 2001. Okay. So a month after leaving California, he gets to Colombia. Beautiful, okay. beautiful country. Which he, must have said, he must have
1: got his bike... On a... Um, ferry. Ferry or something.
0: I don't think he did the Darien Gap.
1: No, I, he, there's no way he would have done that.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like that would be a whole different story. Yeah. Although he seems like the type of guy who would do it.
1: I don't even know if he can drive it.
0: Although I feel like I've heard both that you can't even do it. And then I've also heard that you can do it and it's not as bad as people say. Hmm, okay. So who knows what the truth who is. Knows? We'll just have to do it ourselves. Yeah. I'll get my Harley. So, so he's touring the beautiful mountains of Columbia... We've been there. Gorgeous. Gorgeous.
1: Whereabouts in Colombia?
0: Um, I'll tell you. Okay. So he's doing the steep hills, beautiful views. He's about 150 miles from Bogota, which is the capital. Okay. High altitude. Towards... Yes. So he's up in the mountains. Yep. He's heading to Medellin. So he's about 50 miles from Medellin. Okay. So he's up in the mountains. There's no traffic. It's like very quiet. Beautiful. He's out in the country. No one is around.
1: Yep. Beautiful spot.
0: He's in first gear. Don't know what that means, but he's in it, and he's going around a hairpin. This means
1: he's in the lowest gear. So he's going he, slower. He'd be going slow. Okay,
0: so he said there's like hairpin turns. Yep. So he's going around a hairpin turn when he's you know gets past the turn and he I love sees, you
1: explaining like driving.
0: He's a you know he's out of the turn. He's going faster. I don't know. He's out of, going out of the turn. And the bleed up to this is so bad. So he's going out of the door. No. And he sees a group of armed men standing in the middle of the road right in front of him.
1: Okay. that we should have just gone straight to that part of the story.
0: They're wearing all black and they have automatic weapons and ammunition belts, you know, Strapped like they do in the movies. Them. Yeah. Like Rambo. Like Rambo, basically. So okay. they're right in front of him, they're blocking him, they have AK forty sevens.
1: Whoa, okay. He stops. All right. They're well,
0: screaming at him. I
1: feel like that's that's a good sign to stop. Like it's not like a stop sign in California where it's kind of like a loose it's like a loose arrangement that you have with the traffic authorities where you go, you know, I'm just gonna roll through this. And the cop goes, Yeah, of course. This is one of those ones you're like, you're gonna stop.
0: This is not a California roll.
1: This is not. This is a stop sign. This
0: is a Colombian stop. Yeah. <laughs> so so they are, you know, in front of him, they tell him to stop, and they're pointing at the back of this old dilapidated shed that's off the road telling him to like get over there and he's like no way jose i'm not going over there because i'm gonna get shot and i would not like that to happen <laughs> no
1: that, that that sounds like a, a definite sort of shoot situation it's
0: a shoot it's just shoot situation pretty much so at this point there's an old campesino bus that has driven up full of locals They're freaking out. It's basically like pandemonium. People on the bus are freaking out. They see the scene. The bus driver's freaking out. It's a whole big mess.
1: Mm, It's a whole thing.
0: It's a whole thing. So at this point, they have a gun pointed directly at Glenn, and he is terrified. And he thinks, well, if I'm going to die right here, right now, at least these these people will see what happened.
1: It sounds like. I mean, he he sounds like a pretty heavy dude. So for him to to have that realization and think like, oh, this is going to be it, I feel like you know, uh, not not that we want to stereotype, but being around the Hells Angels, just going to say, there's probably a few guns around there. They may have been in there, had their time of trouble. So, like, for him to be thinking this in this point right now, probably in a pretty sticky situation.
0: True. I didn't even think about that, but that's very true. Yeah, he probably like, has like, seen guns. Like, for
1: instance, he's not the average person. Like, if, if, they pulled, if people pulled a gun on you, you'd be like,
0: oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that, but I'd probably just hit the decks, bawling my face out. I have had a gun pulled on me, so I didn't do well in that situation.
1: When in Panama, yeah. He, he, okay, the person did not have a gun.
0: It was. It looked like a gun. Allegedly, you were not there, so yeah, you yeah, I
1: know. Not. But I know it was the story. Allegedly, we have talked about it on the it podcast. There was a piece
0: of fabric over the gun, so we don't. It was, the hand, uh, it was a person's hand
1: underneath. It was not a hand underneath a dishcloth. It could have like been a movies. bottle. Stick him up, kid. Mm. <laughs>
0: So anyway, he's Glenn is looking down the barrel of the gun. The guy's got he's this guy's now pulled out a nine millimeter and is pointing it at Glenn's face.
1: Okay. And
0: Glenn curses the man in Spanish. Glenn okay. can speak Spanish, so that's helpful. Oh,
1: that's handy.
0: And basically says, if you're going to do something, like just let's do this. Let's
1: fucking, you want to dance, let's kid? Go. Let's dance. <laughs> Vamos a bailar.
0: So the, he, Glenn closes his eyes, and this guy pops off around on his gun. Okay, and Glenn opens his eyes and he's like, "Am I dead? What's happening?" But he he, he just put, popped it off in the air. Ah,
1: uh, the old the old up pop.
0: So basically, there's kind of this Colombian standoff between Glenn and this head of the guerrilla. Not group. to be
1: confused with the Mexican standoff, which is very distinctly different.
0: It's very distinctly different because that happens in Mexico, and they're yes. very different countries. Yes. So the gunman now points his gun at Glenn's arm. Basically, like, I'm going to shoot you in the arm. So Glenn thinks, oh, if they want to hit me in the arm, they probably want to keep me alive and Mm. to be able to walk for some reason. Oh, that's an
1: interesting observation to Mm. make. Also, the guy didn't shoot him in the face, so which clearly means that he doesn't want to kill him.
0: Exactly. Also, this is like 2001, like ELN guerrilla kind of time. Wasn't that kind of? I know that was more like 90s, but 2001 maybe. Yeah. No, no, some no, no, two, no, 2000s action. there was
1: still 2000s there were still issues with that. We yeah. told we've told stories. 2001. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2000s, like early's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah so he, I think he's thinking like American, I'm an American, like maybe you know I could be valuable in some way. yeah
1: we've told that we've told a similar story. I can't remember which episode it was now, but if you go back, I mean obviously you listen to all of them, so you know we told the story about the group that was kidnapped in the hike in Northern mm-hmm. Columbia.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. it's a similar story. Yes. Okay, so he decides he's going to walk with them wherever they want to go because he probably stands a better chance if he just starts walking. Yep. So he basically just agree with him. Yeah, exactly. Usually so, a good bet. Yeah, I mean the the swearing at each other is not working. He still has a gun pointed at him, so he just starts forces himself to take one step in front of the other. So they walk up to the edge of the road, and there's a very steep incline below into the jungle, and one gorilla just pushes him over. So he's basically forced to sprint down this mountain, very steep mountain, for okay. about 15 minutes. So him and the girls are just running down this mountain.
1: Okay. Oh, so you didn't like push him down to like tumble down. He no, was just no. like walk. Yeah. So he's just like, running down this hill. He's got a guy behind him with a gun to him like, run, run, run. He's like, okay, I'm going to run down this hill, otherwise I'm going to be shot in the head.
0: That's 100% what's (laughs) happening. Thank you for that summary. So they get to the bottom of the hill, and the guys get on the radio, and they basically communicate to whoever their leader is that they snagged an American.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: that's good news for them, bad news for Glenn.
1: Yes, Glenn is like, okay... I am now the subject of a hostile hostage situation. <laughs> That's
0: correct. Luckily Glenn speaks Spanish, so he can kind of translate and figure out what they're saying.
1: Mm. Would you wanna know though? I guess yes, you probably would. Yeah. I you would, would, would want to know.
0: I'd want to know what the gist is. Yeah. So Am I being
1: killed am I being hostaged?
0: Yeah. I may want to have like intermediate, like high school level Spanish, so I can't learn all the intricacies of how they're gonna kill me, but I'd like to know what's up. Okay, so they walk for hours, like well past midnight, up and down the mountains. You know me and this hiking. Is, yeah. I would be exhausted. It's
1: like the other story. They this love to walk them.
0: They love, they to, walk. love to walk It them. makes sense because they want to get them out in the middle of nowhere yes. where they have the camp set up. And, and they whatnot. also
1: don't want them to be on the road where they can be intercepted.
0: That's correct. Yes. Okay, so Glenn is interrogated by the commandante. Mm, one of the, of the Comandantes. Comandante. The, one of the head men or women. I think yeah. that there's men and women. They do so, have a lot of women they do. Uh, inside that, but probably yes. a man. Yeah, probably. So they ask him about his family because, you know, they're thinking like ransom and he How lies. much money does
1: your family have? <laughs> a
0: million of dollars
1: yes i am very rich i'm a very important person back in america
0: (laughs) so he he i guess there should have said
1: he's canadian (laughs) there's
0: two different ways you could answer this question you could say i have a lot of money like don't kill me or you could be like what he did he says that he doesn't have a family doesn't have any kids uh and that he has prostate cancer and that he's dying
1: oh that's a good That's a good little secret hostage tip.
0: Interesting strategy. Tell people that
1: you're dying.
0: Yeah, so interesting strategy. So basically he says that he has medicine that he needs to stay alive and that the medicine is back in his motorcycle. He's thinking if he can get back to the highway, he stands a much better chance than being out here in the middle of nowhere. with these That's a really
1: good uh, tip to just sort of make yourself just devalue your life. I guess the the flip side of that is that they could just think you're so worthless, they just kill you there on the spot and leave you in the in the jungle. Exactly. But I will say a lot of these uh militia groups aren't actually looking to to do damage. Like they're they're, they're nice militia groups, mm, if that's yeah. what I'm going to say. Like it's not like some of the stuff that happens in other places around the world if you were taken hostage. Mm. AKA
0: Okay. other places well we keep listening to the story
1: okay
0: okay you can form me your opinion and then i'll 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 yes we'll, okay. we'll listen okay. we'll listen okay so they basically laugh in his face and say we're not going to back to your motorcycle you can kiss the highway goodbye oh okay they don't say that but i assume they said okay. a version of that so basically the commandante is starting to get pissed off now he's like this guy's really not that valuable i'm not happy and they're yelling you picked at him, the wrong one and they're giving him the boot, which apparently means kicking him. Okay. So they're roughing him up. He's, he's not doing well at this point. And then they pack up camp and walk deeper into the jungle. So Glenn says that every two days, he's passed off to a new group. It's still gorillas, but it's like the next level. Very, the similar, gorillas, very
1: similar tactics.
0: Deeper into the jungle. Yeah.
1: More walking, more walking.
0: Exactly. He says they're marching all night. It's pissing down with rain. He, it's really rough. Mm. And the thing is, like he's been walking this whole time. This is, they didn't mention this in the show, but those groups get to walk a little bit and then go back to their homes.
1: It's like a relay race, but you have to run the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and the people you're relaying <laughs> against only do the relays. Yeah, so it's very unfair.
1: He's mm. like, hey guys, can I get a little? Uh, can I get someone to stand in for me for a second here?
0: You got
1: a spare American that you can just throw in for the second leg? I'm tired. Yeah,
0: pinch runner. <laughs> so at some point he develops a fever and he can barely walk but they're poking him in the ribs with their gun barrels and they mm. force him to walk
1: mm. that's the old gun barrel and the rib tactic
0: yeah usually
1: a ge- jab in the rib usually gets you walking when someone pokes you in the ribs with a gun. So you're usually like yeah okay, okay well, uh, i okay. guess i can
0: keep going so yeah. he's just like oh if i just want to get a hundred more steps a hundred more steps luckily he is a very top mma athlete mma
1: I mean, well, he's a judo, but yeah, he's but a yeah. Judo, well, he's a judo he's expert. mixed martial arts. Mar- yeah, well, judo isn't mixed martial arts, oh. but he might do mixed martial arts so on top of his judo. He's an MA athlete.
0: He's just martial a. martial arts athlete. <laughs> yes. He's well, he might. M- a- a- he- why? Now we're just making acronyms. He's a martial, martial arts athlete. athlete.
1: Okay. Well, he might do mixed martial arts. Yes. He sounds like a guy not to fuck with. That's, that's the best way to say it. Correct. <laughs> he's a fighting athlete. He's a
0: fighting athlete. <laughs> yes. So he's trained at some of the most intense camps in the world. So his endurance is very high.
1: So he's gonna he's he's rocking it.
0: He's he's doing but he's still having a lot of issues. So imagine if a normal person got stuck in this situation. Yes.
1: Well they don't feed you, you're walking all day. Remember he's doing the whole thing himself.
0: Exactly. So he's living off one cup of rice in the morning and one cup of rice in the evening. I incline. don't
1: understand why they don't like I know that they're a lot of time for ransom, that they're doing it for money, but why don't they just give you a bit more food? Come on, man. I don't
0: think they had any food. They're out in the middle of the jungle. There's Come no on. game. There's only bugs. He said there were so many bugs. Ugh. Every morning he'd wake up and his entire body would be covered in bugs. That
1: is brutal. He probably got yeah. fucking malaria. That's he, what was wrong with him.
0: Probably. So he's walking eight to ten hours a day for about three weeks with very little food. He's like starting to see his bones. He's Ugh. like, I'm not going to survive This very longer. This very longer? He's not going to survive this much longer. Very longer. So also, in in addition to the physical torment, they're also really messing with his head. So at one point, he trips and falls into a stream, and they hold his head underwater. Mm. And at this point, he's like, I'm going to die. But then they pull him up, and he can breathe again. Just
1: really messing with him here. Things
0: like that. They, some nights they, before he goes to sleep, they tell him in the morning, we're going to kill you. He's constantly on edge.
1: So they're breaking him down here.
0: Right. So this is probably the most fucked up one. One morning, they walk him out into the jungle to a man-sized pit in the ground. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, this is my grave. Obvs. Okay. So the gorillas are standing behind him, and he can hear the bullet being loaded in the chamber.
1: Okay, Yep.
0: So he hears a loud explosion in his ears, and he falls to his knees, and he's like, am I dead? Did Once I get again. shot again? And then he hears them laughing, and he realizes they're they just fuck fucking him with, with him. With him. Yeah, yes. yeah, fuckers. So then they come over. Uh, the
1: old... The old uh, that's the hazing. Yeah. That's the old militia hazing.
0: <laughs> it's the gorilla hazing. Now
1: you're one of us. Oh,
0: that's how you become a gorilla. Yeah. It's fun. So... They help him up, and then they tell him that a deal has been made for his rescue, and a helicopter is coming. Okay. And they tell him to go out in the clearing, look for the helicopter, so he's running around, his eyes are uh, all blurry, I feel he's like looking like in the sky. It's a stitch-up, is it? And then he looks over and he notices the gorillas are mocking him and laughing and running around, like mocking him, basically. Like they're looking for a helicopter, I mean, that's making a f- fun of him. It's
1: a fun game that they play.
0: Is that so fucked it's up? so
1: fucked up.
0: Okay. So at this point, Glenn is pissed. He is very, very mad. He's like, you can like fuck with me, but don't pretend you're going to release me and then don't do it.
1: Mm-hmm. She get some judo shit on them.
0: Quiet. Yeah. 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 So I think he's just too weak to fight them off. Also, there's probably a lot of them. So at this point, he's like, I need to take control of the situation. And the only way I can do that is by sabotaging my own health and just like accelerating whatever is going to be happening.
1: Okay. Break so, his leg.
0: Yeah, well, okay. The, well, I'll, I'll get to this very quickly. <laughs> so at this point, he's been held hostage for five weeks. Okay. That's yep. a long time. So a
1: very long time.
0: Okay, so he tells them his cancer is getting bad and that he can't eat anymore. Remember the prostate Mm. cancer? They tried to make him eat, but he's like, I'm not going to eat. And then he decides to take it to the next level. So at this point, they're staying at a camp. He's in his own room, which they lock, I assume. Yep. And he thinks if he can make it look like he's bleeding from his prostate, maybe that'll incentivize them to released Ooh.
1: him because I imagine that these guys are not the most versed in prostate cancer yeah
0: I don't think so I think they probably thought he was lying at the beginning so he's like I need to prove this to them okay prove. Prove, he doesn't yeah. really have cancer but yes okay so this is a little bit graphic mm-hmm. so if you're very squeamish hmm. cover your ears my
1: mind's I feel like my mind is racing with ideas but go on
0: okay so he's like I need to make myself bleed
1: uh, yeah but so from
0: where so he still has his motorcycle keys okay okay but he's like, if I cut my a vein, they're gonna see, they're gonna know, it's not gonna work. Mm. So I need to do it somewhere they're not gonna be able uh, to tell.
1: I actually just had a body shudder.
0: Okay, can you guess?
1: Yeah, does he bust up his asshole? No. Oh,
0: <laughs> that would be extremely graphic. Plus graphic.
1: Oh well, I thought I thought he was gonna try and bust up his asshole with the keys, so it started bleeding, and then he'd be like, "Look, my prostate cancer is bleeding."
0: No, he's gonna get blood. But not from his butt. From his dick. No. Oh well. He takes the motorcycle keys, fisted. (laughs) Fisted. You know. You know. He shows nothing to his butt. (laughs) Has nothing to do with his butt. He rams them up his nose to get his nose to bleed profusely. So he. Oh uh, yeah. That, do I need to say that again or
1: No, you, you don't. he jams his cap, up his nose until it starts bleeding. Could yeah. have also just punched himself in the nose, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't nah. know. He's got really gotta get it get it yeah. done. Yeah, okay. So then he takes the blood and splatters it around his crotchal area. Yeah? Yep. So the next morning when they wake him up, he goes to pee, the gorillas see the blood, and he's like, See, I wasn't lying, I have cancer and now I'm pissing blood. So uh. you can suck it.
1: Okay, so yeah, so him, so I guess he didn't have to bust up his butthole then.
0: <laughs> he did not need to bust up any part of his bottom. His okay. bottom is intact as far as I can tell.: Okay, I don't know. So they bring in a doctor, you know, a special gorilla doctor, yes, out in the middle of nowhere. Jane Goodall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they treat Glenn, they bring in the doctor to treat Glenn. So they bring in an IV and they're basically like, you need to take this IV or you're going to die.
1: And then they put him on chemo and he's like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs> and then
0: he's there forever. And he's still <laughs> there. He's been writing me letters. That's how I know the story. So the doctor is basically like, you need to take this IV or you're going to die. And Glenn's like, no es mi problema, es suya.
1: Ooh. I.e.,
0: not my problem. That's your problem. Like, I at this point, he just didn't want to be a captive anymore. So they're anymore. like, well,
1: they'll just strap him down and stick it in his arm. then go, now it's now it's not my problem either.
0: Right. So that's basically what they did, I guess. So the next night, he does the same thing with the key, but harder. Ooh. Yeah. So that's very... Oh, my God. When I first read that, I was like, "Poof!" that's intense. So there's a ton of blood this time because he really jammed it up He really there. gets up there. So he's spraying the room with this blood. It's everywhere. And the next morning, they're like, oh, shit, this dude is really, pe- really bleeding from his peepee."
1: And now they're like, it's <laughs> <"Es> me <mi> problema. It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> me problema. Si, si, senor. So there's blood everywhere. They're like, oh, this is not good. So the commandante comes in and he's like, get up. And Glenn's like, no. Mm, Glenn no. is like, I'm not going to be a captive I'm anymore. I'm a teenager.
1: I won't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Glenn's like, I, you either kill me or let me go, but I'm sick of this shit. So the commandante comes and picks him up and throws him over the side of a mule. (laughs) Okay. And they start walking out of the camp. At least they don't have
1: to walk anymore.
0: Yeah. So Glenn is slumped over this mule. It's just him and the commandante walking out of this camp into the jungle. And Glenn is like, oh fuck, he's going to shoot me. This is the end.
1: Well, if it just was just him, he should have wrestled him or something like that, taking his gun.
0: Yeah, I think he doesn't have any energy. He's pretty much just Yeah. I mean he would be at this point. yeah. Yeah. That's probably another reason they don't feed them much, so they can lo- weaken them.
1: That's true. They can't run away. They can't fight back. Because exactly. this guy's probably a bit of a machine.
0: I think so, probably. Like,
1: he's probably a big dude. Even if he's not a big dude, he's obviously, like, a bit of a badass.
0: Yeah, p- probably fit. Probably
1: got tattoos all over him. He's fit, strong. They mm. probably look at him and go, this guy's a bit of a fucking threat.
0: Totally. So an hour later, they reach a clearing. And Glenn looks down at the clearing and there's a white four by four with a big red cross emblem on the side.
1: And they're like, psych, this is mm. just my mom's car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she loves the red cross. And an Italian woman comes up and introduces herself and says that she's from the red cross and they're going to take him to a hospital. Mm. So the whole time, Glenn is like, nope, nope, I'm not going to believe this because I can't get my hopes up and this could be a big trip. She's trick. an actor. She's actually with me all Italian. The time. Exactly. Exactly. Not until they get inside the Red Cross Center does Glenn actually allow himself to believe that he's been rescued. Damn. So he has been rescued.
1: Wow. I he, mean, fair enough. Like, they are broken him mentally. Why would he believe them?
0: Right? Oh, I mean, you, could, you couldn't you could give yourself the hope, the sh- shred of hope mm-hmm. that it's actually happening. But it is. It did. It, it is. So he's treated for dehydration and, it and, it did. and malnutrition. So he was with them for five weeks, and he was—he lost over fifty-five pounds.
1: Damn, good diet. We always say that the uh, the hostage diet is the hostage most effective diet. one. Right. Not as good as the I'm um, stranded in the desert diet. Yes, uh, but generally, I'd say second best diet. Mm, then Atkins. <laughs>
0: Okay, so at one point, Amnesty International actually had reported that he had been executed. Mm. Uh, and an FBI team picks him up in the Red Cross Center to debrief him and take him back to a hospital in California. And Glenn's like, Glenn's like, well, I'll debrief with you, but I'm not going back to California. I'm going to get another motorcycle and I'm going to finish my trip.
1: (laughs) Is that crazy? What a unit. Oh, my God. Good on him.
0: And they're like, "Um, you were just held hostage for five weeks. So you should probs go back home. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm good.
1: Sorry. Did you say he had a family?
0: He had a daughter. I don't know if he was, I I don't know. I feel like maybe she was an adult and I don't think he was with his wife anymore. Okay. I'm speculating. Okay. But I feel like it wasn't like one of those things where I need to fly home and be with my family in this time of need. Wow. And he's a G. So he's like, I'm just going to keep going. What a fucking unit. So the FBI is like, okay, whatever do do we got to do? He gets another motorcycle and he finishes his 20,000 mile motorcycle trip around South America. Is that insane? That is
1: insane. Who
0: would do that? Everybody would go back home, right? Yes. Okay, so at the end of I Survived, they always ask, why Why do you think you survived? And he said, because he set out with a goal, and as long as we stay focused on our goals, we will prevail.
1: I like that. So
0: goal setting, guys. Get goal it done. Setting. <laughs>
1: yes, I love it.
0: So he wrote, this is the wrap-up. He wrote a book about his ordeal called Two Wheels Through Terror all seeds of the book go to the Red Cross, which I oh, thought was very cool. That's very cool. Give him yeah. back. I Good love it. And he also says that he has no malice towards the ELN, which is the guerrilla group that mm-hmm. captured him. So this is a quote. He says, these people have nothing. The poor Colombians and the rest of South America are being fucked over by the government and multinational corporations big time, just like the poor in any other country. They have no voice. Why should we be so surprised when a handful feels so desperate that they take up arms? Which I thought was pretty cool. Like, after all that, even when they were, like, fucking with him and everything, he's like, I get it. Like, I don't hate you guys. I get that you're struggling. Like, you know. And
1: they asked him, who was it? And he said, I ain't telling you shit. Yeah. Snitches get stitches.
0: <laughs> That's I right. I mean, he's
1: a badass. He's f- he's part of the Hells Angels. So he's a fucking, I mean, he's an outlaw just like these guys. So maybe he did see some kind of similarity in comparison.
0: Totally. So there are some other stories that I scanned briefly of his opium dealers getting taken hostage somewhere else in Thailand or something. There's some other shit that he's, he's been through a lot. But that is the story of Glenn and the gorillas. Man. Oh, Glenn and the gorillas.
1: You could have definitely Damn called it. yourself that instead of Columbia. Well,
0: well, I'm renaming it. Glenn and the gorillas. It. We'll just also edit great that band in. Name.
1: Yes, uh, that was an amazing story. This guy sounds like a G. I, I wonder if we can try and like get him on the show.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: We should try to look into like getting him to tell one of his other stories.
0: Yes, that would be great. We should contact him. Love he it. Obviously, doesn't mind telling a story because he was on. I survived. Awesome. They probably paid him, and we can't pay one.
1: No, unless. Unless we could possibly pay him if we found a way to get some income and some revenue from the mm. podcast. And how could we do that, Christine?
0: We could get people to go on patreon.com slash Voyage and sign up for to be a patron
1: that's a perfect segue and that's how we're going to wrap up this episode very quickly to remind you that if you are enjoying not so bon voyage the podcast and you want to support us not only support us and continuing us to bring you these episodes but actually get extra bonus materials such as behind the scenes look new episodes never heard before content you can go to patreon.com slash not so bon voyage you can see that there's a lot of different ways that you can help support it uh, monetarily wise and you can get a lot of different bonuses as that we'll give you shout outs we'll send you stuff we'll send you videos you get the bonuses you get it all it's all there we really encourage you to check it out and help support the show if you can uh, and if you can't well we just want to thank you anyway for listening week to week because we love all of our voyages we just love the ones who pay us a little bit more oh,
0: just a fraction just a that fraction hair.
1: and on that note guys we want to say to you remember to stay safe on the road
0: and if you're not make sure you tell us about it peace bye